Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with us is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hello, Josh. Hello, Christian. Uh, judging by your background, I have no idea where you are, but you're back in Illinois, are you not? I am. I'm actually home. And the reason for this lovely background is because we are just tearing apart our house as we speak. And my mm. office looks like a disaster. So, you know, I'm spiffing it up a little bit. You and everyone else on the planet is fixing up their house right now, which is why no contractors look back to us. So. No lumber in the world either. No lumber either. Okay. And with us, we have a very special guest today. We have Mindy Cook all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, Mindy. Hey, Josh. Hi, Christian. Hi, Mindy. Glad you're here today. Thank you so much. We've been trying this for a couple months and finally we got you on the hook. <laughs> I'm those, so glad to be here. For those of you who do not know who Mindy is, she is a marketing consultant. Uh, I'm going to read her bio. She has uh, 13 years experience in video, graphic design, and the story-based strategy you need to draw your audience in and leave them asking for more. I could actually think that could apply to the financial services world as well. So that's, I might be giving you a call. Okay. She has also been a, the Girl Who Wore Freedom team with email marketing and Patreon. So you're an email marketer and Patreon expert, correct? <laughs> well, I've been learning about Patreon. So that, you know, um, it's one of those things where we realized it needed to be done to meet some of the goals that Christian has uh, for the girl who wore freedom and doc first podcast. Um, and so I was like, well, I, I can figure this out. <laughs> Mindy is not, if she is not resourceful and innovative and creative, I don't know what she is. She's all of those things and more. So before we find out how Christian roped you into this, um, <laughs> Let's hear about your background. So tell us, you know, wh what exactly do you do in the world of marketing and, and video and so forth? Yeah, so I'm a oh, full-time... Oh, wait, sorry, time out, time out. Christian's raising her hand. Uh, apparently, she's running this podcast. Go ahead, Christian. We didn't get a film update, Josh. I don't... I wanted to hear what Mindy's story first. I, <laughs> all right. Christian, tell us about the film. So really, there's not a lot to update. Uh, so <laughs> I know Josh knew that already. However, I did want to tell two important things. Number one, we did make a mistake this week. And again, this should be named the uh, how not to do a documentary. The mistake that we made this past week was we sent out an email with a very tiny but very important typo uh, in announcing that we were going to be uh, screening at the World War II Film Festival in Normandy next summer. We said that we were there July 5th, 2022, and not June 5th, 2022. So if you didn't read our corrected email, we sent it out, and it is indeed going to be on June 5th. Now, there is an option in our Patreon tier, supporter tier, that gives people the opportunity to go to Normandy as part of our team, um, excluding travel. So you'd have to come up with your airfare, but then all of the rest of it would be covered while you're in Normandy. And that is, 
you know, for next summer. And it's for the supporters that are supporting us at a $250 a month level. And you have to be at that level for about six months to qualify for that. We have one of those supporters right now at that level. We are so thankful for you guys. And we do hope you'll be able to join us next summer. However, if you are not able to donate $250 a month for the next six months, but you are a Patreon supporter, we have a lovely gift for you. And that is, I am going to put together a tip sheet with contact information, phone numbers, and things like that for the trip I would design for you uh, if you were coming with us. And so that would talk to you about when you should go, plane tickets, how much they are, who, how I recommend you go and come, where you should stay, give you choices of those, as well as tour guides and all of our resources for how to make your trip to Normandy the most wonderful it could possibly be. So if you are listening to this and you're not one of our Patreon supporters and you are interested in going to Normandy, I would recommend you join our Patreon supporter team. So that's what's going on this week. The other thing that's happening and the reason not much else is going on is that I am in the middle of a total rehab, just like I said, as well as taking care of my dad uh, and planning to go over to Europe in two weeks uh, to work on the Brave Dutch. So that's what's happening in the world of the girl who wore freedom. Holy cow. That's a lot. It's a lot. So thank you for being here today, Christian. It's (laughs) impressive that you showed up. Thank you for your patience while I'm dealing with all my contractors downstairs. (laughs) How long will you be in Europe? So I'm super excited. We just started really putting the meat on the bones of this trip, but this of course is um, for the Brave Dutch. It's a pre-production trip and I will be going over there September 12th. I'll head to Normandy to see all of my French friends and just check in with all of them. Then Michelle Coupe, who is one of our co-producers on the Girly War Freedom, is going to go with me to Holland or to the Netherlands. And we're going to start going to the Market Garden commemorations. And if people don't know about this, um, of course, there was not a big victory there during the Market Garden, you know, operation, uh, but there were a lot of lives lost. And so the um, Dutch people do commemorate those um, between September 12th and September 18th. And it's in the area of, um, you know, the Aird area, the Noonan area. I don't even know how to say these words. I've just read them on paper, the Nijmegen area, all around in there, Arnhem, these little celebrations and commemorate, not celebrations, but commemorations are taking place. So I've heard about them for a really long time. I'm going to go and participate. Dick Winters, um, the nephew of Dick Winters is going to be there. He is part of our Girly War Freedom team, as well as Denny Vandenbrink and um, Flavie Poisson, um, who is now working both of them for the city of Carenton. So they go to these events because they are 101st Airborne related. And that's, Carenton has a a big connection to the 101st Airborne Division because they liberated that town. So we're all going to be there together. And then once those commemorations are over, uh, Michelle Coupe and I are going to go on and meet with Tulai Van Manen, who's my Dutch uh, counterpart over there, putting together these stories for the Brave Dutch. And we're going to go. Say that name again. Tulai Van Manen. Is this a rapper? I mean, (laughs) no, she's a wonderful Dutch uh, woman who is in the Dutch army and her relatives were all in the Dutch underground. And she has been researching about the Dutch resistance for about 20 years. 
and she has extensive documents and photos and she knows all the history in her brain. So I'm going to be going there to download as much of that as I can. And she will take me through different tours and things were that were important to the John Lau story. And I will be meeting some, um, some other Dutch people that were instrumental in helping John Lau and the other down to airmen that were there. Uh, and I'll probably be there through October 8th, something like that. I'm going to meet our cinematographer, Tim Bieber, and his wife, Kate Zimmer, who's going to be another producer on the project. And we're going to start scoping out things and figuring out how we're going to sculpt this uh, eight to 10 part um, docu-series that we hope will be funded, you know, this year sometime. So, so yeah, I'm planning all that stuff out and hopefully COVID won't destroy all the plans, but I'm kind of holding them all a little bit loosely and we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, Christian, let's shift gears and get to the topic that everyone is here for. Mindy Cook, uh, before we learn about what she does for the Girl of War Freedom, Mindy, tell us about your background. Sure. Yeah. So currently I am a uh, full-time freelance marketing consultant. Um, I, as you said, have 13 years of experience in this field, um, came up through mostly the nonprofit space. So um, yeah, that's kind of why I do several different things. Cause when you work nonprofit, uh, you wear a lot of hats and um, I got into marketing because I just love story. Uh, I was a big reader as a kid. I was a theater kid in high school. Um, and just, you know, <laughs> so this will uh, date me a little bit, but um, I think it was my sophomore, junior year of high school, Lord of the Rings came out, hit the theater. And I just saw my entire class get swept up in this epic story. And I saw how it inspired them to be better people to want to do amazing things and all of this. And um, I said, that is what I want to do. I want to tell stories. <laughs> um, and so this was before the internet was what it is today. This was before social media. And everybody was like, well, I mean, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to have a TV show? I was like, ah, I don't think so, but I have no idea. I'm just going to chase this down. So started chasing it down, got my degree in communication because that was about as close as I could get without going to film school. Um, my parents advised me against film school <laughs> at the time, which looking back was, was probably a good decision. At the time, I was a little irritated about it. Um, but, uh, you know, just like working through this, one of the things that was necessary with our circumstances at the time was that I make money doing this. Like they were like, whatever you do, you need to make money doing. I was like, okay. Um, so marketing and communications was a way to tell stories um, and get paid to do it. Um, and particularly through video work, um, through graphic design. Um, you know, it's, it's not what a lot of people think of as storytelling, but when you're doing marketing well, you're inviting people into a story um, and humans are hardwired to be motivated by story. I think, um, Christian, your audience knows that. That's why they're listening to this podcast. That's why they're invested in your film work is whether it's a conscious thought or not, they know um, on a deep level, like this is inspiring. This, this hits deeply and hooks you deeply in a way. And so like the vein of marketing, because marketing is a very, very broad world. And, you know, it's everything from Google ads to, you know, branded duck work, uh, documentary work that is put out by brands. Um, 
And so I have taken more of the story route, story driven route there um, and just, you know, tried to find <laughs> different people who would pay me to do it and hone those skills and grow as I can. Um, and I ended up in Nashville. Uh, I moved here for a job, um, man, like nine years ago at this point um, with a nonprofit in town and um, got to tell the story of the people they served through video and through graphic design uh, for about six and a half years um, and really got to grow skills there, which was awesome. And then uh, two and a half years ago, I went freelance um, and just continuing need to need the need to grow. Um, you know, the, the organization and I had grown kind of parallel for a while and just got to a point where I was like, I, I need to keep going. And um, freelance became the obvious route to do that. So I've been doing that ever since. So how, how did you get connected to the Girl Who Wore Freedom? Uh, through the Holy Post podcast, I believe. Um, one day I was listening to that and I heard... Christian mentioned how um, she might be the only, uh, let me see if I get this right, white female evangelical documentarian out there. Um, and I, apart from my marketing work, I'm also a documentary enthusiast and I'm working on growing some skills there. And I was like, she needs to know she's not alone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and obviously I'm also white and female. I come from a very strong evangelical background. Um, and so I just reached out, I think on Instagram and I was like, Hey, I heard you say this, just wanted to let you know, I'm also one, although I'm, you know, don't have the, uh, the level of skill that she does at this point, um, haven't produced a feature <laughs> at all. Um, but you know, that's another core need for humans, I think is just to, to know that we're not alone. And so I just kind of felt that deeply and thought, well, you know, if she reaches back out, great. And if she doesn't, at least I've put it out there, you know, and maybe that's encouraging. So what, um, so obviously in the world of marketing, we mentioned Patreon, like what specifically are you doing for the Girl War Freedom right now? Yeah, so we started with some marketing strategy. Um, I had heard Christian talk about, you know, some of the production debt that's still out there and also the ongoing kind of base level expenses that the girl who wore freedom has uh, just operating wise and um, started thinking about it. And I was like, I think I have some ideas that could help, you know, close some of those gaps and meet, meet some goals there. And so, you know, Christian did respond to my Instagram message. And as we talked from there, I was like, Hey, by the way, I've got this experience. I've got some ideas. If you want to talk, let me know. Um, and she did. And uh, you know, as she has done with so many people um, she offered the opportunity to work with the team and, and help out there. Um, and so one of the things we started looking at um, was the email list um, and also the idea at that point that y'all had had for Patreon. Um, she said someone had reached out and said, hey, if you had a Patreon, I'd support it. I think other people would too. Um, and so uh, we started talking about, okay, how do we launch that? How do we let people know about it? How do we make this an appealing opportunity? Um, and the email list was really kind of a underutilized tool for the girl who wore freedom at the time. I mean, we're still working on growing our use of that, but, um, you know, they were kind of killing it on social media and the website was solid. Um, but there wasn't a lot of leveraging of the email list going on. So we 
kind of drew up a campaign um, to launch Patreon. And because we knew that the people on the email list were already invested on a level. And so they were the obvious first ask for getting involved with Patreon. Um, so we scripted what's called a sales funnel, which is a series of emails uh, designed to um, show you how this opportunity can meet a need that you have and kind of walk you through this process. Um, and uh, we launched that right as distribution happened. <laughs> and then we, I think we were two emails in and we had to pivot because we ended up um, with some distribution needs that the email list could also help with. And so, but based off of those like first two emails, plus um, some help from the podcast and, and the social media crew, which does an amazing job day in, day out. Um, we actually got, I think at that point, it was about 10 amazing patrons for our Patreon. Um, since grown to 14 as of this week, time of recording. Um, and they are meeting an incredible need that we have. Our goal for Patreon at this point is to have it cover the baseline expenses for the girl who wore freedom, which is approximately $400 a month-ish. Um, and so uh, we aren't quite there yet, but uh, we are within $75 of that. So on a monthly basis um, as of today. So that's exciting. So if anybody out there wants to subscribe for $75 a month and just kind of put us over that goal line, <laughs> now's your chance. Come do it. Yeah, or, for you know, sure. Three people at $25 a month. Um, and that, that's one of the things we got to do through the email. Um, we actually put what's called a giving pyramid in there which showed kind of a breakdown of what it would take um, everywhere from this many people at $5 a month, this many people at $10 a month, all the way up to, you know, a couple of people at the 250 or $500 level. Um, because that's what, for, for an effort like this, you know, Girl Who Wore Freedom kind of falls to the nonprofit side of things. I know you officially do have a nonprofit as well, but um, when you're asking people to, work towards a cause together and to help you do something, um, every little bit counts. And so like those $5 a month givers, they really matter for an effort like this. Um, and it just kind of takes everybody doing what they can, um, to make it happen. And, um, so I was talking to one of those $5 a month, Patreon, um, supporters in an email today. And, they said, you know, we don't really support very much. We're retired. And I said, oh, please don't minimize that because for us, the monthly commitment of $5 a month is something that we can count on and rely on. And it's in the fabric of, you know, what we're doing. And really the $400 a month is our overhead is a thousand dollars a month. You know, we targeted $400 a month as just absolute necessity. And, you know, the reason this is so important is that right now we're receiving no um, money for anything. Um, our donations are completely, you know, have dried up. And that's understandable because it's hard to say, hey, you know, support us, you know, even though we're not making a film. But what people don't realize is we are still doing things. So I've talked about in the past, I'm putting together this big deal to take the Girl Who Wore Freedom on this tour and bring in Danny and Flo and go to Michelin and L'Oreal and Fort Bragg. And, you know, it's this big event. Well, that is going to take a lot of time, effort, energy, and money to put all of that together. And so we still need to figure out some way to have 
money to keep this um, kind of company afloat. And so Patreon has been the first thing that we've been able to come up with um, where we have something that we can count on each month instead of, you know, hoping and praying that a miracle happens, which it has all the way since 2018. But uh, Patreon is, gives me a, an incredible peace of mind. Plus it also makes me feel like, you know, we've got a family family that believes in what we're doing and they're really willing to help us. So it's very meaningful. So thank you for your part in that, Mindy. I think I'd love to talk about your, um, you mentioned, you touched on it a little bit, the distribution thing that we did. And so we had this watch rate and review campaign and you pretty much came up with that. Um, you know, I think I suggested using some of the World War II movie posters, which, but then you took that idea and just really hit a home run with that. So why don't you talk about your idea there? Because I think people could employ this if they're trying to find out how to, to raise some money and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I remember you talking about it and as you were talking about it, I think you had the, the watch rate and review wording at that point and we we're talking about the posters and I just saw that classic Uncle Sam poster with his finger pointing you know I need you for the U.S. Army um and I you know thankfully those are public domain now so we were able to take that and modify that that graphic you know we said we need you to watch rate and review which rhymes which is handy um but you know, marketing doesn't have to rhyme. It's really more about that invitation to people to get them involved um, and to come be a part of something bigger than themselves, uh, because that is a felt need that a lot of people have, you know, going back to the, you need to know you're not alone. And in that, you know, we want to be, we really want to be some part of something bigger than ourselves. And um, so that's, something we were able to offer because you have something bigger than all of us going on here. Um, and what we needed to do was offer people a very clear step-by-step -step way to get involved with that, um, with the distribution, um, because we needed them. Uh, we needed the numbers um, to buy the film, uh, to get those ratings and reviews out there. And then uh, we also needed uh you know, show them how to do that because people won't walk into confusion. People need clear direction because you can say we need help all day long, but until you say, and here's how, you know, step one, two, and three, here's how you can help. Um, most people won't take action uh, because they feel confused. Uh, and well, and that, even though we spelled it out very clearly, this was confusing. So filmmakers, it was. <laughs> filmmakers out there, listen to this, you know, you, it, it would be so wonderful if you could say, you know, and many filmmakers do, well, maybe not many, but you know, we're on Netflix, turn us on, or we're on Amazon prime, turn us on, you know, just go eat, whether it was rented or whether it was just watch it. Cause it's included in your subscription. Uh, but in our situation, we weren't picked up by any of those yet. And the only way that people could find us initially was through iTunes and Apple TV. And the majority of America does not have iTunes or Apple TV. Our audience is an older audience. And so uh, technology is not their friend oftentimes. And our audience really wanted to engage and help us, but, but to try to teach them how to find out about iTunes or how to use it or how to write a review truthfully, even we didn't know. We had to figure out how to write a review on iTunes. We had to figure out how you watch, rate, and review, you know, how much it was going to cost. There were just a lot of things that we were not, we were not given a cheat sheet for this is how you, you know, 
tell your audience to engage with your content. And it was super important because on iTunes, if you have if you have good ratings and if you have good reviews, it draws people to that content. Plus how we've talked about it before, how you show up in the algorithms. So in the end, it wasn't about money. Trying to get people to watch rate and review had nothing to do about money. In the end, what trickles down to us is very small because it goes through Apple and it goes through our distributor and then it comes to us. And, um, you know, the, the prices are not exorbitant, you know, $9.99 to buy it, $4.99 to rent it. And so it really was more about momentum. You want people to know how to engage with your content. You want them to share it with others and you want to have momentum. And uh, to do that, we had to really spend a lot of time figuring out how to craft that message and put a list of how they do that. And Mindy, you were instrumental in breaking that down simply (laughs) for people. Yeah, we, um, again, put a sales funnel in place for it, uh, where we kind of designed out this series of emails um, that were very conversational in tone, which Christian, I think is something you've done a really good job of from the beginning uh, in kind of growing your audiences. You've been one super open with them about both the, the wins and the struggles with this process. And Two, you've kept it on a very conversational level. So if people feel like you're talking to them, you know, you're relating to them um, in that um, it's very easy to become stiff and formal when you talk about this sort of thing, but um, that causes a lot of people to zone out. They lose interest very quickly. So, um, you know, the conversational tone. And then (laughs) once we figured it out, because I remember I was trying to leave a review on my laptop and it just wasn't working. And I'm like, what is this? And then someone finally figured out that we needed, you had to have an iPhone to do it. You can um, only do it on your phone. You can only yeah. write a review on iTunes on your phone or your iPad. I mean, seriously, come so, on now, people. So we just we would straight up tell people that, and we'd be like, okay, get your iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, we're very sorry. You can't do this right now. <laughs> and then we gave them step one, two, three, and we kept repeating that, and we kept the messaging consistent across the board. Uh, watch rate review. Watch rate review. Um, and then you know, I think we were probably very tired of it by the time the campaign was over, but we were saying it a lot more than people were hearing it. I mean, uh, we this- have 145 reviews on iTunes. And if you look at some of the top ones, that's a really healthy review rate for a film that has just come out, like really is. And you know what? 135 of those, I know who they are. They're people from our, from our email list and from our supporter team. And so that tells you how important it is to do something like this when you launch on an iTunes platform. Yeah. And like our people really came through. And so thank you to everyone who wrote a review and gave a rating for that was huge. And we had no idea what to expect. This was the first time you had made a big ask like this of the audience where we needed tons of numbers, you know, we needed that. Yeah. We needed needed the first 10 days. Mm-hmm. And and people answered. And I think one of the reasons they did that, Christian, is because of the great basis you had put into place. You started your email list very early, which for anybody who's listening, who is doing any sort of honestly business or creative endeavor or nonprofit endeavor where you're going to need an audience to engage with, start your email list early, build it from the ground up, um, provide value, which you've been doing for years now. You've been providing value. You've been providing the podcast. You've been providing behind the scenes information. You've been keeping them updated every single step of the way. And so they know, like, and trust you already by the time it's time to ask for this quick and big response that we need. You already had that foundation in place. 
Um, and it's critical. And so we were able to leverage that uh, to get the response you needed for distribution um, by writing emails. But if you hadn't done that, we would have been writing to nobody. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't work, you know? Well, so um, yeah. you, you had you had the trust of your audience already and they love you already, uh, which was huge in making that happen. And so we were able to kind of put together a storyline for them of this is what's happening. And here are the very clear steps of what you can do to be involved and, and to help make this a success. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I think for good or ill, who I am as a person is what you see is what you get. And I do prefer honesty over image. And so I know that I'm a fallible human. I make a lot of mistakes and I'm ready to own those because I, if you look at me and I've done something wrong, you can guarantee I'm pretty aware of it myself and down on myself about it. I just, from the beginning, want people to know the truth. I want them to see behind the veil that this is what's happening. And I want them to feel like they are getting the truth and that I'm not using them or trying to I really care about people and I care about improving their lives through story, through information that I'm giving them and through bringing them into this, this, you know, momentum, this, this, you know, whatever it is we have going on. Um, I want them to be a part of that. So I appreciate you saying that. And I do think filmmakers too often get into the mode of I'm going to make my art because it's what I want to do. I want to fulfill my own creativity and I want to make money doing it, or I want to be famous doing it or, but in documentary filmmakers and filmmaking, most people want to make a difference. They want to make a difference. And so I think you have to own that. I want to make a difference. And so in order to do that, I really want to engage people's hearts and minds, and I want them to come along on my journey. Yeah. And honestly, that is going to give you a better result any day than being like, and this is my art to admire it, love it. Like bringing people into the story of what you're creating, uh, helping them understand how this applies to their own stories, which is another thing you've done really well. Like people see themselves as the hero of their own story. And, you know, they are the Luke Skywalker of their Star Wars, you know, um, and heroes aren't looking for another hero. You know, heroes are on a mission. They've got something to do. What they're looking for is a guide to come alongside them and help them overcome the obstacles between them and their end goal. And so even though you've been, you know, on your own journey with this creatively and in creating this, you've also offered the wisdom and the experience and the honesty of what this looks like. And in so doing, have become a guide to people who also are looking for you know, either to, you know, create a documentary of their own or to help tell the stories of, you know, World War II veterans um, or the French people and, and things like this, you know, so no matter which angle they're coming at, you've offered them help on how to do something, you know, that, that they care deeply about. Uh, for me, it was both the documentary side of things um, and I'm the granddaughter of three World War II veterans. And so you kind of hooked me on both fronts there. And I was like, oh, she really knows what she's talking about. And, you know, she's, I've felt the need for those stories to be told um, ever since one of my grandfathers opened up and started telling me his stories uh, pretty late in his life. Um, and I realized that these were things we didn't know, you know, and that these are things that were going to be lost to history unless somebody started telling them. And so, um, you know, seeing you doing that um, was very inspiring and helped me with a felt need that I had to get those stories out there. I was like, you know, 
probably, you know, these thousands of people are never going to hear my grandfather's story, but they can hear the stories of soldiers like him. And, uh, you know, the, the heart behind that and the, um, you know, the value of what happened uh, and the lessons from that won't be lost uh, because of what, what you're doing. Um, well, so, I certainly hope at some point through a blog, we will hear your grandfather's, all three of their stories. Uh, I challenge you. I've challenged you before. I do want you to write something uh, eventually. <laughs> One other thing I do want to say, going back to last week's episode where we're talking about interns or people volunteering, One of the things that um, I have used this film for is really to discover people that I want to work with going forward. And this has been a refining fire of those people. And I've learned what they are capable of, what they want to do in the future. Uh, And I really, you know, Mindy has been just a, a diamond that I found in the midst of all of this who I know 100% she can jump on and already has to the brave Dutch and make a huge difference. She designed one of her logos already that's in a pitch packet that we have already done. And we're transitioning her from the girl who wore freedom to become even more a part of the brave Dutch, but not just on this part that she's doing now, but she wants to be a filmmaker. You know, she wants to be a, a, you know, a DP in that kind of role. And so we're trying to help her find a way to, to learn and express and grow in that as well. So Mindy, we have really appreciated what you bring to the team. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Uh, people, can people find you anywhere on the web if they're interested in reaching out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for marketing help, support, or some free resources, you can check out mindycook.com. So that's M-I-N-D-Y-C-O-O-K.com. I'm also on Instagram at mindycook underscore because somebody had it without the underscore, although they haven't posted in 10 years, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) so I took it with the underscore. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mindy. I just as we're wrapping up here, I wanted to share a final thought. You know, the thing that came to my mind was before we started the podcast, Mindy and I were talking about, you know, business and so forth. And if you, if you want to have a successful business in anything, you know, the thing you're going to be good at is uh, being a problem solver. And I think that's what Mindy said initially was like, Hey, I think I can fill this hole. I can cover that gap that you got. And, and uh, that's, you know, obviously that's a great way to get involved in projects like this. So uh, I think, you know, people need to keep that in mind. If you can solve people's problems, you know, they want you, right? And that's, that's, that's invaluable. The other thing I have to point out, when I was at VeggieTales and I was in film production, what I went to school for, my dream job, it got to a point where it was very stressful and it was not a fun place to work, but I didn't want to leave the company. So I wanted to shift over to marketing. And I remember the other artists, when they found out I was looking to transfer out of production into marketing, it was like some kind of betrayal. It was like, you're going to the dark side. What are you doing? Right. And so I think it's wonderful, Mindy, you found a balance in there somewhere. Right. So keep going. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. People, people see it that way. And I, I kind of hate that because, you know, it's kind of like art and design, you know, design serves a purpose. There's a function to it where art is an expression. Uh, it, it, some people don't like that dichotomy, but it helps me when I think about it. And I've just had to be practical about it. You know, (laughs) it would be fun to just make art, I guess. But, uh, you know, when you got bills to pay, this is, this is what you need. You got to find a way to, to do that. Um, but you know, marketing sometimes has a bad reputation and that people feel like it's slimy or manipulative and it can be, I'll, I'll admit that. 
But when you're doing it with a person like Christian, who is trustworthy and really is trying to do something good here and help people on so many levels, um, it's not slimy or manipulative. In fact, it's helpful. You're helping people because you're giving them a clear path into an opportunity that they might not have found otherwise. Um, And so, you know, hopefully I'm helping Christian solve some of her problems and then hopefully together we're solving a felt need for, for the audience here and and allowing them to get to be a part of uh, the girl who wore freedom and everything that's going on there. Yes, absolutely. You absolutely have. And you know what I think is interesting in this podcast all the way along, I talk to people about if you're a filmmaker and you're starting out, or you're any kind of creative, whether it's an actor or a voiceover person or a camera person, if you're just starting out in the field, yes, you want to pursue your art and what you want to do, but you have to have some sort of day job. And what I love about what you chose to do, Mindy, is that it is an adjacent field. So it may not be exactly what you want to do, but it is, it has relevance and can be used in the field that you are interested in. So you're not out of the complete pond totally. You're just in a separate little pool that sort of bleeds over into the big pool of water that you want to actually swim in eventually. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's a great job to look at. It is. It is. And those skills are already proving to be transferable. You know, I do video production, which is kind of like a lower level of film production. A lot of that is the same, just with a smaller budget, you know, and therefore less a a lower level of excellence or artistic expression at times. But I've I've got the foundation for it. And as I'm starting to kind of make forays into film production world, um, I'm finding that a lot of that transfers. I've still got a lot to learn in film production world. Um, You know, being a documentary DP is probably like the 10 year plan. I'm a year in (laughs) at this point, as far as like having named that and working towards it. Um, And, you know, some days I'm a PA. I was a PA on a Netflix special a couple of weeks ago, which was really cool to see how that large of a production really runs. Um, Sometimes the PAs I'm working with are half my age, but, you know, I've always been inspired by the people who like go back for a degree when they're 80 years old. And I'm like, you know, I'm younger than that. So (laughs) just going to keep going. Um, And, uh, you know, just building those skills, building that network um, and, you know, kind of working up that, um, that ladder. Uh, While on the flip side, when I'm not on set for production, I'm actually working with the biggest marketing contract of my career right now, which is crazy. So like some days I'm making that rate and then some days I'm making a PA rate, but it kind of allows for this, you know, staggered growth in both areas. And I have the flexibility when I do get a call to be on set, which is sometimes like six hours or, you know, 12 hours before I can take it. Cause I, I have the flexibility in my schedule to do that, which is great. So, you know, God provides in the open stores uh, that we couldn't have seen coming. And I'm, I'm grateful to be where I am right now. And so grateful to be part of this team. And um, I'm excited to see, you know, where the girl who wore freedom continues to go. Very excited about the brave Dutch and hopefully getting to help out with that as well. Awesome. Christian, where can people go? To give to Patreon. Well, if Jason Rugg was here, which he isn't, um, he would tell us that we could go to 
patreon.com slash documentary first. Is that right, Mindy? Or patreon.com. Yeah. Patreon.com slash doc first podcast. Doc first podcast. There you go. Mm -hmm. You think I'd have that right away. But what (laughs) I do have is you can go to the girlywarfreedom.com to learn more about the girly war freedom and our team to find links for blogs, to support us, to go to the shop and really, uh, you know, kind of join our team sign up for our email list and you'll get some amazing emails from mindy and me so anyway there you have it awesome well hey mindy thanks for being here and thanks to you the listener for listening to documentary first where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it bye everybody Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we would really appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about The Girl Who Wore Freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email. And sign up for our newsletter at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com. Please go to thegirlwhowarefreedom.com slash donate to make a donation today.